Well, it is Labor Day weekend. I think most of you have figured that out by now and knowing that you have tomorrow off as well. And it's kind of like the last big hurrah of summer. Not meaning that summer's over by any means. We've got lots of great days ahead, but it's kind of that change, right? School's back in session. We got routine. Some of you are super excited about that. Sarah's probably not so excited about that. But, you know, our kids, but we love this. You know, it's kind of introducing a new season. Fall is going to be coming, my favorite time of the year. And it's often a weekend that we take time to celebrate. We have cookouts and and do fun things with our friends, our family, our neighbors. Some of you have probably already done that this weekend or are going to do it yet this weekend. And for us in our neighborhood, we're doing that tonight. We're having a family uh, cookout. It's going to be a great time. We'll gather together. Everybody will bring their favorite foods and we will eat too much. and, And we'll just have a lot of fun and celebrate. And then because it's a holiday weekend, tomorrow my festivities get to continue because this is a big weekend in my neighborhood. This is a weekend that we have our Old Man Olympics. That's right. It's, a, it's Old Man Olympics. So there's a bunch of our guys in our neighborhood. There's eight, or there's nine of us this year. And we've been doing this for, I think, eight years now where we get together for a whole day of fun and competition. We get up in the morning, we eat breakfast together, we go golfing, we have lunch, we come back and we, yes, food is kind of a big theme in the whole thing. In fact, there are, yes, there's usually points deduction if you don't get something that's fried when you go out to lunch. So we're very healthy. We have a cornhole tournament. We play jarts. We have euchre. And then we usually have some kind of wild card event. Last year it was knife throwing, which probably, <laughs> probably wasn't our smartest thing that we've ever done, but nobody got hurt, hurt so it was great. You know, we have this whole elaborate point system of scoring, and usually only the guy who's scoring and usually ends up winning understands it. And then we have a trophy at the end. It's this great trophy that we have that the winner gets. Only the winner gets it. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. No ribbons, just one winner. He gets the trophy. He gets to have it for that till the next Olympics, which now we do in the summer and winter, and they, that's their, kind of their bragging rights. But it's just a great time. In fact, I brought a picture of the guys. Most of these are guys that will be with me tomorrow. Look at what a great group. There they are. So we just have so much fun together. But the truth is, it's just way more than just a group of guys getting together and having fun together. This is a group of guys that are so important in my life. This is a group that we have built deep relationships. You know, we connect with each other throughout the week. We pray for each other. We care for each other. We've celebrated births together and birthdays. We've, you know, go to each other's kids' sporting events. We've been through illnesses and surgeries and even walk through deaths together. We have been through a lot of life together, and it's because of the hard work in our relationships that's made it all possible. See, it takes a lot of work to have these relationships, but it's so worth it in the end. Because as we just said earlier, we really believe that life is better when you're together. It's better for all of us. As a church, we get this. We understand it. We value together. We value relationships. We value connecting with each other because we know it's important in how we grow. I mean, when you just look at our, our mission statement, it says that we're radically loving and we're growing together in Christ. And then you've heard our tagline, if you've been around here, it says that we're together because life is messy. Together is such a key word in this. Together is it means that we understand how important it is that we gather together. We gather together in groups. We care for each other because that's how we grow. You know, and our mission statement says that we're radically loving. And that means that we begin by receiving the radical love of Jesus but we don't stop there. That means we share that radical love with others. It means we intentionally build relationships 
with people around us, with people in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhood. We invite them into our lives. We invest in their lives. You know, we connect with them. And then together, we work hard and we grow. You know, we let God do the work in their lives, but together, we connect and we grow with each other. We know that gathering in groups, like big groups like this and smaller groups, is key to having community and really growing in our faith. We believe that as a church. You know, but our culture today is just so counterintuitive to this, right? We live such busy, hectic lives that we often forsake having true community in our lives. You know, think about it. Even in our families, we use words like divide and conquer. You take Jimmy to the football game. I'll take Susie to dance class. You know, maybe we'll catch dinner together sometime this week or the kids go to bed. Maybe we'll sit down and have a conversation. We get so busy that even in our families, we have time, lack of time for real connection. We do the same thing with our friends, right? You might see a friend in the grocery store and you look at him and go, oh man, it's great to see you. How you doing? We got to catch up sometime. Let's make plans. And how often does that never really happen? It just becomes a good idea. And let's be honest, we even do it here. We rush in, we come in right at 11 or 11.05 or 11.10. And as soon as, that, as soon as that last song is over, man, we're headed out the door because, man, we got to get to lunch or we've got plans. And we never take time to have a meaningful conversation or to connect with someone. You know, when we do this, it's easy to become isolated. It's easy to become lonely and not have relationships because we have more and more commitments and lack of actual connection in our lives. You see, we often substitute life on social media for meaningful connections, for authentic community. You know, I can check my Instagram, my Facebook, see how people are doing, never have to leave my house, never have to have an actual conversation. But we know that social media is just a poor substitute for real community. You see, what we tend to do on social media is we tend to put our best live out there, right? We want people to have a picture of us that we want them to have. You know, my kids are doing great. I got a promotion. Everything's doing great. We're having an awesome vacation. It's easy to kind of hide behind this social media persona that we often create. We don't really let people into our lives. We only show them a glimpse of the person that we want them to think that we are. And you know what this does? It can leave us feeling guilty, feeling lonely, and often fearful that people will find out the real me and who I really am. Our society also revolves around this idea of individualism. You know, I can do it myself. I don't need other people. That's our mantra. We're told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, figure it out, get it done, you know, get it, do everything ourselves. But so often we overly focus on this rugged individualism and it leads to issues in our lives. You see, what happens is, we become focused on me. That's what happens in this. I have to make sure I'm taken care of, that all my needs are met, that I have everything. Boy, and if I have to figure it out and I have to do it and I have to work for it, then man, I better get the results. I better make sure I'm getting everything. And then I better protect what's mine. When we do this, our world gets really, really small. We focus on ourselves, protecting what we have and not letting people into our lives. You know, let's be honest, even in a group this size, if we don't take time and effort to seek out community, it can be easy to feel alone, even when you come in a big group like this. You see, God made us to be in relationship with him. 
and with others. It's the way it's always been. Life is better when we're here together. It's not easier when we're together. It's never easy when we invite people into our lives, into that messiness. But I guarantee you it is better when we're in community with others. You see, from the very beginning of the scriptures, from the very beginning of creation, we see that we are meant to be with other people. You know, right in the beginning, it says God created man. He created Adam. And then he said, it's not good for him to be alone. Okay, how many of your wives would say, it's not good for my husband to be alone. I cannot leave him alone, right? I think my wife would say that. But, but then God created Eve. He created them to be together. He put them in charge of the garden, in charge of creation. They did it together. We see God's people, the nation of Israel was divided into 12 tribes. Isn't that word great? Isn't that what we call our people, kind of our tribe? But they lived in community. They cared for each other. They provided for each other. They worked together. They made sure everybody's needs were met. Community was important. And then we see how Jesus even modeled for us what it was like to be in community. Right? He gathered large groups of people together on the mountainsides and the seasides and the fields, and he taught them, and he cared for them, and he even fed them. And then he had these 12 guys that he hung out with, his friends, his disciples, and they did life together. They traveled together. They worked together. They ate together. And this is really kind of a picture of the first small group, right? The 12 of them. How would you like to say that? Who's your small group leader? Jesus. That, that's a good small group. Probably, probably better than yours, you know? Just saying. You might have a great group. But he modeled what it meant to live like in, in community and really let others into our lives. And today, you know, I just want to look at one simple passage in the scriptures, one passage that I hope is going to encourage you to really uh, develop more and more community in your lives. This is it. It's in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So just before this in this letter, uh, the author just spent time reminding the people of what Christ has done for them, how he has been their sacrifice once and for all, how they didn't have to make sacrifice after sacrifice, how they had access to God now. They had freedom in worship, and he wanted them to spend time in community and seeking God and doing that together. So he wrote this letter and these encouragements in there. And the very part is, when you just look at this again, I just want to highlight these words. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another onto our love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. And again, he goes on encouraging one another. It's clear, you know, when I read this, that he's not talking to an individual or even a group of individuals. He's talking to a community. He wants them to live as a community. He wants them to grow as a community and really to exercise their faith together. I just want to break this down just a little bit for you as we go on this morning. I just want to look at a couple words, because for me, this was key. When I read this, and it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. When I read that word consider, I mean, I read it too lightly at first. I think it'd be easy to look at this passage and go, let's consider how we may spur one another on. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the word consider, I think of it as an option. I think, you know, I'll, I'll consider it. Somebody asks me to consider something. I'll think about it. If it's going to benefit me, I might do it. You know, I'll think about it. I may or may not do it. But the word consider when it's translated here is really much different than that. It's really much more of a challenge or an imperative. It really means to understand completely or to give careful thought. 
In other words, we're supposed to figure out how we're going to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's not something that's an option. It's something that we are supposed to do. And if I look at that word consider, and I took it a little too lightly, I could look at that word spur and take it a little too harshly. When I read that, I think of spur, I think of something that's painful or harmful, like something that's aggressive, right? You're going to give the horse a spur and get them really moving. You know, for some of you, you might be going, yeah, I like to spur somebody on. I like to give them a quick, you know, kick in the pants and get them moving. But really, the picture here is much different than that. See, a spur is always meant to be a, a reinforcement to a command that's already been given. So if you're riding a horse, you may have verbally told the horse to do something or moved him with the reins or used your legs and then given the, the spurs are a reinforcement to that. They're getting the horse moving in a direction or changing a direction. You know, here we know our direction is love and good deeds. So we're meant to think about how we're supposed to encourage each other, how we're supposed to inspire each other to this life of love and good deeds. And we do that when we meet together. You know, he goes on, it says that we're to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage another, one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, he reminds them that they shouldn't make, give up meeting together. You see, meeting together, going to the temple, gathering together, it wasn't an option. It was something they did in their lives. It was important in their lives. And he wanted them to keep doing it. But clearly, some people had stopped doing it. That's why he's encouraging them doing it. You know, I don't know if it was because the persecution they were under, whether they were fearful, but whatever the reason, he wants to encourage them that they really need to be together. They need to meet together to encourage each other, to be together, to grow in their faith. He wants their faith to remain strong, to keep spurring each other on to this life of love and good deeds. And he goes on and he says, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I love how he added that in there. You know, Pete talked about this in his message a couple weeks ago. It's really this idea, Jesus is coming back, right? Jesus is coming back. So I don't know if the people had, some people in this day had thought they had already missed it. Some people thought, had given up hope and said it wasn't coming. But he wants to remind us that God has given us one life to live, that we're to live it urgently, that we should live it with this life of love and good deeds. And I don't know about you, but when Jesus comes back, man, I want him finding me meeting with other people. I want to have him finding me encouraging other people. I want to have him finding me living a life of love and good deeds. That's the life I want to find when Jesus comes back. Well, as I thought about this, I thought about how we live this passage out best. How do we do this in our lives. And really, the key part of this verse that came to me was really this idea of not giving up meeting together. See, the first, we need to meet together. We need to be here on Sundays and gather together. And if you're a student, maybe that means your night is Wednesday night or Sunday night. But we need to not give up meeting together. You see, when we realize what Jesus has done for us, as he was talking, when we realize the sacrifice that he's made for us, when we realize the love that he has for us, and our response should be love. Our response should be worship. Our response should be that we want to gather together with other believers and, and share that good news. 
you know, I, I was just reminded of this. You know, we, Christy and I came to church about here about 20 years ago. We had not been going to church, wasn't part of our lives, wasn't something we were doing, but we had had a daughter. And we said, you know, it would be a good idea, Christy, it would be a good idea if we start going to church, you know. And I said, that would be a good idea, you know, be probably good for our kids and probably good for you. I, I think I'm pretty good, but, you know, I'll go along. That's all right. And then I said the most brilliant thing. I've shared this with some of you. I said, yeah, we can go to church. That makes sense. But, but we don't have to go every week, right? Yeah, I actually said it. We have to go every week. We don't have to be those people. We have to be those crazy church people, do we? I mean, I was so messed up. 20, not that I'm not now, but I was then. You know, but when we came, honestly, and we experienced Christ's love, and we experienced what it was like to be with the body of Christ, we, we literally could not stay away. We knew that we needed to be here. We needed to be filled up for the week ahead. We needed to be here and be encouraged by people that were further along than us. We needed to be here and encourage other people. It's just something that we knew that we had to be a part of. You see, when we gather together in a group like this, when we worship together, when we hear teaching together, when we share communion together, when we pray for each other, there is just something unique that happens, something that we just can't replicate on our own. I just believe God shows up in a powerful way, and we need to be here together. You know, the problem is, one of the problems is with all the resources we have today, that at the click of a button, that we can hear great teaching. We can watch the best worship music and listen to that. We can have online devotionals for days. We can do all that. We can do all that and never be part of a community, the kind of community the scripture is calling us to. And while we certainly can see God on our own and we should see God on our own, it's just a poor substitute for the community that God is calling us to be. You see, it just can't be Jesus and me. Scriptures call us to so much more. You know, there's over 50 one another verses in the Bible. We are made to be with one another. We need one another. The Bible is filled with stories of community and calls us to this life of serving one another and serving God together. You see, the world is going to tell us that we can do it on our own, that we don't need other people. We're better off on our own, that we can and have and should have everything our own way, that all of our needs should come first and they should all be met. You know, we believe that we're connected because we have 1,500 Instagram followers or 200 people like my post on Facebook. But the real community that the author's talking about here, it takes personal connection. It takes interaction. You need to be able to sit with someone. You need to be able to look in their eyes. You need to be able to hear their story in person. You need to be able to feel their emotion and put your hand on their sh shoulder and walk with them. And you simply can't do that over the internet. I love how scripture calls the church the bride of Christ. You see, I think it's impossible to choose Christ and reject his bride. You can't have it both ways. When we choose Christ, we choose to be part of his church. It's the body of Christ. It's us. We need each other. So we come together, and we worship together, and we hear the word of God together, and we are together. But if we're to live this out, if we're to spur one another on, if we're really to encourage each other like they're calling us to, then we can't simply walk through the doors, sit among a bunch of people, and then head out. You see, it pretty, it's pretty easy to even do the, all the right things. You can come here, you can serve, you can worship, you can hear God's word, you can pray, and you can head out, and you can kind of miss the whole point of being here amongst community. We need to come here early. 
We need to slow down. We need to think about some other people around us. We need to decide to intentionally invest in some people when we gather together here on Sundays. I just think it's so important. You know, so if this is something that you just do once in a while, once a month, once every couple months come, I just want to encourage you to start coming more regularly. You know, we need you. We need your gifts. We need your energy. We need your encouragement. The church needs you. And I think you need us as well. I think we need to really live out being the body of Christ. You see, we shouldn't give up meeting together. And that means we shouldn't meet up gathering in this large group, coming here on Sundays. But we should also not give up meeting in these smaller groups of people, right? With people that we're close to. We call that group life here at church. See, in the ancient world, culture, in the ancient world, their culture was, hospitality was not an option. It was something that they did. It was, it was a sacred duty. You cared for your family and friends. You, you ate with them. You had relationship with them. And we should do the same things. And I think the best way to experience that kind of life, that kind of authentic community, I think the best place that happens is in group life. You see, Gathering together with a group of people is where you share life together. It's where you're vulnerable. It's where you get to know other people and they get to know you. It's where you learn about someone's job, their kids, their success, their failure, what's going great. You get to know their joys and you share yours with them. It's, it's this beautiful reciprocal relationships. You see, when you know these things about each other, when you really know each other, it's then that you know how to spur each other on. You know the things about each other. You know each other's gifts. You know how to, how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. And, and this should be the outplay of our meeting together. You see, when we were finishing our, our Muskegon campus, we had a group here that, that came to me and they have to have, have a lot of skills. And they said, you know, we got a lot of skills in our group. We can help with that. What can we do? And you know, we sat down and we talked and they decided that they were going to finish out the cafe up there. And, and they planned it out. They ordered everything. They got the group together to do it. And man, that thing is beautiful up there. They did such an amazing job. And it was a beautiful outplay of them living life together because I know that group. I know them well. I know they know each other. I know they love for each other. I know they care for each other. In this case, that outplay, that good deed, happened to be this beautiful act of service. You know, it happened to benefit our church this time. It's not only beautiful, but it saved us a ton of, a ton of money. You know, we are just better when we're together. We're better when we're serving together. In group life, you should be connecting relationally. You should be growing spiritually. You should be caring for each other emotionally. These all happen when we meet together and we encourage each other and we spur each other on. You know, we have to be open and honest. We have to be vulnerable and we have to be caring and loving. We have to do both of those things. It means we get to know each other well in this intimacy and community of faith. See, I have friends of mine who are group leaders. This happened to be uh, in another church. And yep, we can be friends with other people in other churches. We don't have the corner on the market. Other people have great groups too. And these, happen, these people happen to be great group leaders. And so the short story I'm going to share, I don't want you looking around trying to figure out who it is because uh, they don't actually go here. But they had a couple who started coming to their group um, kind of out of obligation. That was, that was their story. But they came and they got connected and they started you know, having deeper relationships. And it turns out that the wife happens to travel a lot for work. And she found out that her husband had been unfaithful, that he had developed some habits that were really unhealthy for him and their relationship. Man, and she was devastated. And you know who she went to? 
She went to her group leader. She went to the woman in her group and she told her what was going on and they prayed together and she counseled her and she walked with her. And this lady was able to confront her husband and finally, after a while, he actually admitted to it and was willing to work on their marriage. So then the guy, the husband in this growth group leader met with the guy and said, man, you cannot do this alone. You need to go to counseling. So he helped him make a counseling appointment. And then he went with him. He went with him to his first counseling appointment. And they walked with them through this restoration in their marriage. I mean, it was such a beautiful story of what happens in group life. Like, I don't think this marriage would have lasted outside of being in a group. And this couple who leads this group got the joy of watching this couple's marriage be restored watching God use them and their gifts and abilities because they said, you know what? We can open our home. We can meet with some people and we can, we can do life with people and lives were changed because of that. Those, there's story after story that happens of this in group life. See, community and groups, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes honesty. You know, it can be painful at times. Growth is often painful, isn't it? I mean, I, I know I experience that. I know my kids experience that. Growth is never easy, but it's worth it. You know, I want us all to live this passage out well. I, want to, I just pray that when Jesus returns, he finds us faithfully meeting together and that we'll be radically loving, that we'll be growing together in Christ. We'll be thinking about our friends. We'll be encouraging each other and we'll be spurring each other on to this life of love and good deeds. And today, I, I just want to give you a chance to respond. I just want you to get a chance to respond and take a move deeper into community in your life. When you came in today, you should have got a card like this. If you didn't get a card, is that one you see? Can you just raise your hand or our ushers will find you? Because honestly, I would like everyone to fill out a card today. There's something for everyone. So if you raise your hand, if the ushers are here, if they can grab some of those cards and pass them around because I want everybody to be able to participate in this today. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry if I didn't warn you about that. I'm going to keep going while they're passing those out. So keep your hands up. They're coming in with those now. So the first, the first mark on here is, is very simple. It said, I'm already in a group in your leader's name. And you know what? Mark that if you're in a group because we just want to celebrate that with you. We want to pray for you. And we are grateful that you are in group life. The next one is simply, I'm coming to group link. So you saw the video about group link. Group link is this great event that we have to help people connect Man, you want to come, if even if you feel disconnected in the church, come to group living because it's a time that you will come and you'll meet some people. We'll have groups, leaders there. We'll, we'll do some things to get people to know each other and we'll get you connected in a group. Now, there's no obligation for coming to this, but we would love to have you be here. That's next Tuesday, 6.30, right here in the lobby. It'll be a lot of fun to do that. Okay, we know that some of you are busy. You already have plans, stuff that's going on that maybe you can't be there tonight. So it just simply says, I'm unable to make it to group link. Please contact me. And there's a place on there for your name. Man, uh, if you can't be here, but man, just mark that box. We will get you some resources to help you get connected with a group. We'll help you find uh, the right group for you. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it takes being in a group or two. It's not a lifetime commitment, but it's a great investment in your life. And finally, the last one is simply this. It says, I will take steps to add friends to my faith. Now, this is something I think that we should all be doing, whether we're already in a group or not. We should all be building deeper community into our lives. 
My wife is great at this. She is awesome at building, intentionally building community. And I could tell you story after story, and I'm so grateful that I learned from you. But the thing is, we all have groups that we're already connected with. You know, it might be the, the parents of your kid's soccer team, might be your book club, might be the people you sit with at the football game. Could be a lot of different things that you already have people that you, are, that you see on a regular basis. This is something that Pete regularly shares. What would it be like for you before you go to that game, before you go to the book club, whatever it is, that you just start asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Just that's a simple request. And I believe that God will start giving you questions to ask. That he'll start prompting you and say, you know, ask them about their kid. Ask them about their job. Ask them about their marriage. You know what? And then you can just simply do that, having a conversation. And as they share what's going on in their life, that there's something going on, how easy would it be you know, to go, you know what? I'm going to pray for you this week. I'm going to pray for that thing that's going on in your life. I hope that that goes better for you. And then during the week, what would it be like if you texted them? Said, you know what? Prayed for you. I'd love to know how that's going. I'd love to know how I continue to pray for you. Do you see how just in these, these relationships that we can start building deeper community in our lives just in a really simple way. See, there's something that we can all do to start building more and more community into our lives. Today, that's all I want you to do is kind of simply figure out where you're at and start moving along that pendulum somewhere. You know, when we go to the mall and we're trying to figure out where the store is, we walk up to that sign and, you know, in our store is over here and it says, you are here and there's a big X. That's the thing is, we're all someplace on this pendulum, right? In life, we are all someplace, and that's okay. You might have been in a group for 20 years and something that you love and, and you value, and man, we want to champion that. Maybe you just need to invite some new people into your group. Or, or maybe you've been in a group and you go, that's been really good and we like that. Maybe your step is, you know what, I'm going to step out and I'm going to lead a group. I want to do that. You can go online uh, up to our groups page on the website and you can sign up on there or just let us know, man. We'd love to get you connected because it's so simple. You really just need to love God and you need to love other people. You need to be able to open up your home and let God lead you in that. It's such a joy. Or maybe you just need to get in a group. Maybe you've never done that. You know, we've got a, our, our semester is starting on September 15th, goes for 12 weeks. It's not a lifetime commitment. You know, you get in that group, grow, it goes great. Awesome, lots of groups stay together. Other times you go, hey man, this, this just wasn't the group for me and you try a new one. Christy and I have led groups and been in groups, so many different groups and we have so many great relationships because of those. You know, it's a, just a different thing when we run into them, at someone that was in our group at the store. There's just a connection that gets built up through that and you, and you wanna be a part of that. And you could be here for the very first time today just going, Man, I, I don't know. But man, we just want to pray for you. We just want to encourage you to take the risk, take the step and really get in a group. I know for some people, it, it is, it's going to be a risk. You're going to have to be vulnerable. It can be scary. You know, but you don't have to share your whole life story in a group. You've got to go at your own pace. You know, the biggest reason that we hear that people can't, can't, don't want to be in a group, you, you already know it. It's time, right? I don't have enough time. I can't squeeze one more thing into your life. You know, as I was researching this, thinking about it, you know, I was looking, I was looking online, amazing enough. We spend three and a half hours a day on devices. That's average, three and a half hours a day. How much more time do we spend watching Netflix? You know, NFL's kicking off next week in college football. How much time do we sit watching sporting events? How much time do we spend gaming? We do so many of these things as an escape in our lives. 
and we forsake true community because of it. You know, what if you just gave up an hour or two a week for 12 weeks just to really invest in being in community? I think it will be life-changing for some of us. I really do. You know, when we're in groups, life just is better together. It's better when we're serving together. It's better when we're encouraging each other. It's better when we're praying for each other. It's just better when we are together. In just a minute, we're going to share communion together. And I'd love you to, there's a, I think that card is perforated. Tear off half of that. We're going to have some baskets up here. I'd love for you just to make sure that card's filled up and come up here and drop it off and we'll help you get connected. Now I just want to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love and for your word today. I thank you, God, that you made us to love you and love others. You made us to be in community. So God, I pray for anybody here that this step would be fearful, Lord, that uh, you would just encourage them this morning, that you would remind us of your love for us and that our love for others. Father, we, we love you, we trust you, and we ask that you continue to move in our lives. Amen.